Welcome to the Elite Professionals in Coaching Podcast, hosted by Chris Aird, business owner and CEO of With Purpose, bringing you leadership, growth ideas, mindset transformation, and strategic information for the entrepreneurs, business owners, and community leaders. You will be encouraged, educated, and empowered to develop your people, implement your processes, and increase your income. Now get ready to listen to the newest episode of the EPIC Podcast. Welcome to EPIC. EPIC stands for Elite Professionals in Coaching. It's brought to you by With Purpose. I am the host, uh, Chris Aird, owner and chief business consultant. With me, I also have Taylor Chesney. Taylor, say say hi. Hi, good to be here. Good to be here. So we're going to kind of do things a little different than what we've done in the past. Typically, Taylor and I will kind of tag team it. Um, And we've done that now, but... Um, last week, he kind of Q&A'd with me, and I'm going to do that in reverse. So I'm hoping that you're going to have some pen and paper available, uh, pull out your tablet so you can jot down some notes, because let me tell you something. We're going to talk about one of the main pillars that we believe in. We believe in the three pillars of any business. This is where we work in, and it's people, processes, and profit. Last week, we touched the surface of people. This week, we're going to get into processes, and it's it's really important um, to pay attention um, because I keep hearing a lot. And so do you, Taylor. We keep hearing a lot of people say, I only know what I know. And um, that becomes A, a crutch, but B also becomes kind of a, a reason why people don't grow. Um, so Taylor, let's get into this. Um, processes, uh, you have a master's in industrial psychology. This is kind of in your wheelhouse as well as mine. Um, talk to me just like briefly, let's set the stage for what processes are or are not. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, um, I love processes. I'm, I'm not a type A personality, which I would naturally attribute processes or liking processes. Someone who's a type A. Um, yeah. I, I enjoy processes. because I think it helps you better know the situation, better know what you're working with. And so last week we discussed how uh, we believe people to be the most important pillar uh, for with purpose, but I actually believe that process, um, while it may not be the mo- while it may not be people, I believe that processes are what holds up the two the other two pillars in people and profits. Uh, I think by better knowing your processes, you can better know your people. Um, you can better know the, the type of people you need, and you can better know the type of people that you have, and how that process can change to better support them. Um, that process is also going to help you better know your profits. Mm-hmm. Um, like without getting too deep into it, uh, I know we know that profits are not just dollars and cents. Um, so that's going to help you know when it comes to dollars and cents, that's going to help you know where their gap is, where you're uh, losing money. Um, and it's also going to help you know, okay, this part of the process is really draining for me. And so I'm going home from work on the days that we do this part of the process and I am not able to give my family or my friends my all. Um, and so I think by knowing your processes, you can better know the other two pillars. Um, and so for me, I, uh, I love, I love talking about processes. Well, good. Cause you're the right man for this kind of podcast now, aren't you? So here's the thing. Um, I, I really like that. Um, you know, sometimes processes are draining both physically and mentally. Yeah. And so, um, either a, the, the family that we're going home to, or, or leaving to the business, the, the family doesn't get the best of us. Mm-hmm. The business doesn't get the best of us. Ultimately we individuals are the ones that are suffering, right? Um, yeah. So we really need to kind of call that out. Now, let's let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, processes we also know that can also improve not only efficiency but effectiveness, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, So talk to us a little bit about um, maybe some, just some ways, some simple ways to improve efficiency or effectiveness. Yeah. So I think the best thing you can do is, is know your processes. Um, As I'm, as I know, we've said to uh, many, if not all of our clients, uh, processes are not just A to B, it's A to M. Um, And I think we've used different letters there, but the point being is, is there's, there's always those hidden steps that we just assume that we just uh, mentally automate. Um, And so like if, if if it's me sending you um, a, uh, an email, it's as simple as me hitting send as a part of the process. Mm -hmm. Um, And so little, little small things like that, I think we regularly overlook. Um, And so I think in, in improving efficiency, I think it's helpful for you to write out your process. If you're a chart person, do that. If it's just best for you to be black and white and just bullet point it, do that. Um, but the best way, to, I think, to analyze your efficiency is to first lay out your process. Um, and then you can best, um, and depending on how the item works, whether it's you just working on this independently or if it's a process that involves a team, if that's the case, you bring the team in. Um, and then you kind of talk through where the process the time length it takes for things to do. You know, what does this process look like for you? Um, because <clears throat> steps one to four may take half a second, but steps uh, four, uh, four to five may take 20 minutes. Um, and so if you're able to actually put a pen to paper and write it out, if you're actually able to talk about it, you're better able to see, okay, here's where things go. Um, and, in, and as we know, certain steps are just going to be longer, um, but do they have to be that long? Uh, and so I think that's where talking about it and writing about it is really helpful. I got that. Yeah. Let me just share with you, Taylor, and our listeners, um, a couple of clients in the past that we've helped. Um, Mm -hmm. One has been just literally listening to somebody talk about their processes. Mm -hmm. And um, when they got to a certain process, and I don't remember which it was, um, they were like, they just stopped for a moment and had this quizzical look on their face. And they said, "Um, you know, it's been a while since I've done that. And I said, okay, wait a minute. Let's let's talk about this for a moment. So you, you're recognizing by sharing this with me that you've not done this. How important is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's extremely important. I should be doing this, but I took a shortcut, right? Yeah. Approach yeah. to it. So by then he, this individual was able to put this back in and it helped better streamline uh, the further processes down the road. Second of all, uh, previous client as well um, was literally running a business today as if it was 20 years ago. And in helping them put the processes together, it was literally cleaning up a database. It was really identifying what needs to happen today that can be removed from 20 years ago, or what has happened in the world or in their industry that has changed that they can tweak, amend, that type of thing. And we really got the processes down. And just as we were kind of wrapping up, I think like the eighth of 10 processes that we were looking at. Uh, they they were awarded a multi-million dollar contract. So all of these processes were being spent in time and was going to literally help stabilize their entire future. So uh, to your point in in not a through not a through uh, a through D or a through F, it's a through M and maybe on, really taking a look and and articulating that like this is what we're looking for and this is what we're doing and then having that conversation piece. Yeah, yeah, and and just like we have our pillars, uh, our pillars, the three P's for a reason. Uh, knowing these processes helps you better know you, know your business. Sure. Um, and so by doing those ins and outs, 
uh, writing out the ins and outs of the process. Um, you're able to see, oh, these were the things that I took shortcuts to, or these were the things that I just skipped over. And while in that immediate stage or in, in that stage of the business, it may have made sense for you. Now that your business has grown after two years, that step may actually have implications that you didn't see then that are impacting you now. Right. Um, and it's better. It's helping you better know your business, um, which I think is just something. Yeah, it, it's the things that people people already know their business with these things, but when they look into it, they realize, oh, maybe I don't know as best as I could. Yeah. So Taylor, I know that um, <clears throat> there's a lot of remote employees out there and and what a process happens inside of the business can look a little different from um, employees that are physically on location versus or could be different for remote employees. So we want to have some sort of measurables, right? Some KPIs. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, what, what specific part about KPIs? Like how, how to set KPIs or the benefit? Yeah. That and, and the benefit of. Yeah. Yeah. So I think for the most part, you're going to, the KPIs are going to be the same, whether you are remote or in person. Uh, now how those KPIs play out, I think is going to be a little different. Um, so for example, um, if you're just going to measure, I think time is just as important, but looks a little different with a hybrid work atmosphere. Um, and so you're going to be able to work more, theoretically work more efficiently if you're remote, because you don't have to go up two floors to go to the conference hall. Um, you know, and so that's just two, three minutes. Um, but those are, those are different things that you can kind of save time on there. So I think when it comes to addressing those KPIs, um, it's just going to be, yeah, your, your, pro your process and how you address those is going to be different is what I can think of. Um, you know, you're going to have to be able to communicate them to people, um, in a different manner because while they may, while one process may work in person, it may not be best online. Um, and so, uh, I know that's kind of just a very general kind of stroke of the paintbrush, um, but you're going to need to identify your specific measurables. Uh, and then there you're going to, you'll have to go through the process of what does this process look like for a person remote? Um, so for example, if you guys use, if, if the company uses, uh, physical copies, uh, what does that physical copy look like for someone who's, um, for who's remote? Are they faxing that in? Are, uh, you know, someone who's there, they could just handwrite it, you know? And so, um, it's, it's simply going through that process, using those same KPIs, uh, going through that process, but then saying, okay, here's where the difference is. That was kind of all over the place. Did I answer your question? You're good. Yeah. Because here's the thing is there is no, you know, when you talked about processes are covering steps A through M, mm -hmm. um, it, it's not linear though either. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and the steps can be kind of up and down, uh, almost as a roller coaster effect or a jagged staircase. Um, and at the same time, I, I want to say this, it's, it's really for, for all of us that work somewhere, um, mm -hmm. it's about being intentional. Like, what are we looking to, what are we looking to obtain? What are, what are okay. the objectives or the outcomes? So let's, let's take these last few moments, Taylor. And, um, why don't you kind of go through a, a, a play by play, of um, how to kind of lay out a process. We know, and I want the listeners to know, this is going to be general um, and you can get as specific as you want, but this is where it is so important to literally have in your mind's eye, your vision, your dream of what you want that expectation to be. And then it, you have to go backwards to manage those expectations through the process. So why don't you kick us off in those steps? Yeah. Yeah. So I think to start out, I think usually when there is a kink in the process or just completely falling apart, usually companies are at a go, go, go pace. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they want to kind of 
um, get things solved quickly. Uh, and just take a, I think it's best to take a quick breather. A quick breather could be five seconds. It could be an hour, whatever it is. Um, but it's going to take some time and hopefully it's a short time um, to kind of figure that out. Um, so the best thing to do is give yourself the time to work on it. Um, I think that just simply mapping up that process. So like we've kind of discussed, identify all the steps that need to take place. Um, and that's going to be even the small things like, like something as small as hitting send on email, you know, uh, small things like that. Um, so you'll need to kind of go through that through. You're going to want to identify, like we said, the inputs and the outputs, uh, the tasks of each of those stage, um, who's involved, who's affected. So I guess just the stakeholders. Um, and then, yeah, and, and then I'll all want to include things um, such as documents, materials, info, different things that are all kind of involved that process. Um, then you want to analyze that process. If you're familiar with a fishbone uh, method of mapping, uh, that's a good one. But really, you just want to see, okay, here's the problem we're having. And here, looking at this process, here could be the potential factors to that. Here could be uh, contributing factors. Um, and then once you've been able to do that, then you pick one um, or the one that you think is the causes the most disruption. Uh, and then you're simply just going to structure what solving that looks like, and then you're going to implement it. Um, after that, um, you'll then kind of, depending on the process, you may be able to automate it. Um, but then really you're then going to kind of uh, monitor it to make sure it's, it's functioning and, and working well. Um, and then you're going to want to train uh, and communicate. So you're going to train new employees and then communicate to the team and teach them a little bit of, okay, here's how we used to do it. Here's how we're doing it now. Um, and I think it's good, even if it's something that they are not seeing, even if it's something that's kind of done, um, I'm not a very big tech, I don't know much about tech, but if it's something technologically on a website that like happens differently, they may not see, it's good to let them know because as you relearned and learn more, I guess, about your business, about this process, it's helpful for them to know. Even if the output, the result is the same, just more efficiency, it's helpful for your team to know why. Um, and then once that's all done, you're going to track, track your growth. So if you have a specific KPI that you're working with, you're going to want to see, okay, we there was a positive change here. Uh, and then two years from now, we're going to want to see, okay, how much of a change was there? Um, and if there's a, still a positive result, that's good but it's okay. Could we get more out of this? Um, so it's not always just following the negatives. Um, gotcha. so, yeah. so um, there is, let's, let's talk about one element that you, yeah. you briefly talked about in the processes and that mm -hmm. was the people. So how much of, of the, the staff or the team mm -hmm. do we need to bring into the development of a, a process be the removal of one or see the tweaking in that, like in the process, there is a process, right? So let's talk about briefly about the people, like who, who sits at these tables? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I do think it's, it is possible to have too many cooks in the kitchen, in the kitchen. Um, and so I think you have to rely on, and this is why your people are important because you have to be able to rely on them. Um, so you don't, depending on the team size, um, you could bring in the whole team. Um, but my general assumption would be not to do that, uh, would be to kind of bring in the management people that are in leadership. Um, and where trusted people comes in is that you want to know that your management is also a voice and has a good pulse on the team. Um, and so it's best to keep that kind of as a group as small as possible. Um, but it's also best to make sure that all people involved aren't thinking the same. You want to erase groupthink. Um, but you also want to make sure that all voices are represented. What are your thoughts on that? I, I actually like what you just said. Um, let me give 
let me give an example then in real life here uh, with, again, a previous client of ours. And what happened was um, they needed something to go um, at the leadership level, the executive, the C-suite level, right? And uh, one person was assigned to do so, and they were given the task of um, identifying the process to make sure that the, the, um, the performance outcome was going to be met. Numbers, um, you know, clientele, all of that, right? So the really cool thing that this individual did was he got key people um, from not only the department, but also um, other departments that were going to be affected, not necessarily directly, but indirectly. So for example, um, there wasn't the, it wasn't the head of human resources, but there was an, there was someone in the human resources department because they were going to be directly in, um, not only, um, directly, what's the word I'm looking for directly out affected, but there was going to need, they needed to have some in the know and they wanted to be able to give that different perspective. They also got someone from, um, like the engineering department. And I asked them why they chose that. So I was helping them kind of go through this. And he said, you know what? Because somewhere down the road, I believe that this process, it's not going to be a year from now. It's probably not going to be five years, maybe 10 years down the road, engineering is going to be affected by this. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, that's great insight because they knew exactly about their industry. And so in doing that, they literally got some key people um, that, and I, I like the word that you said, reliable. Here's another one that I asked, or I, um, I would share. In addition to being reliable, we need to find people that are knowledgeable hmm. um, because they've got to know and understand where the company is going yeah. in order for those processes to be a effective, strategic and yeah. efficient, right? Yeah. No, I, I, yeah. Keep going. Yeah. Oh, nope. You're, I'm good. Keep going. I'll just say, I, I like that. And I, I don't think I fully thought that part through, but yeah, you, you definitely want to have people involved who know the direction of the business um, because then you could just be discussing points that are against the future plans of the business. Um, so I like that. So I think, I think that, yeah, that'd be a good addition to that is making sure that these people um, are in the know. Yep. And you know, Taylor, just one other thing that I would add to this is, yeah. is as whoever is making the decision based upon the process, Mm-hmm. We've got to articulate it to the people that it's directly affected to. And yeah. then, um, and not if now, then this, but as we have this team and we're, we're um, putting this information out, at the same time, we should identify at least one person in the middle of all of that mm-hmm. that can be a cheerleader to the peer. So it's not just coming down from the top. It's, yeah. it's other people in the middle. And I'm not just saying one cheerleader, but a, a few people that are going to go, yeah, I can see that. And they're going to be able to help um, that their peers navigate, improve, understand, and then see the vision in this. So it's not just like I just mentioned that top down effect. It's, it's more of the peer related relatability that gets everybody moving in the same direction. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I feel like so often, um, like even just on TV shows, you know, uh, you see people, they end a meeting and they say, all right, now go tell the people this. And they give them like one, one sense and they have to go do that. Um, and I think it's good. It's a little off topic, but I do think that's good that we talk about how, um, yeah, how, how, how the messaging is shared from the, this update must process. You want to make sure there's a uniform, a uniform, uh, and unified voice. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so I like that, making sure that you have good people in, but that you're also talk, 
talking with those people about how to communicate it. Um, so that way they can better represent the change um, and they can better help that. And then that's where you also bring in the cheerleader um, who also knows, but also uh, is a good supporter uh, and can see why that change was necessary. Yeah. So Taylor, then um, we've talked about the communication portion of this. And now that my next thought is, is uh, maybe there's some training involved, right? Okay. And now we have to kind of measure that growth. How would we do that? Yeah. Yeah. So I think specifically when it comes to training, I think that's where I don't know if the um, training and development part of your portion of the business, whether that's HR or the specific department uh, needs to be involved throughout the process. But I think towards the end, you start talking about the implications of that. Um, and so you don't want to just say, all right, he, well, here's, here's what this is now. What are you going to do with it uh, to your trainers? You want to see, okay, because I think they're going to be people that know the implications of things uh, and how it's going to Im- impact the, um, the, wor- the average worker. Um, and so I think you bring in their input um, and, then you, and then you go through that. And admittedly, um, you know, you, you get to a point to where you can't really afford to make big mistakes. Um, but admittedly, there are, it's a learning curve. Um, you know, and so what you want to make sure is, is that you minimize the effects of those mistakes. Um, but I'm sure as you roll a new process, um, just like if it was, I know for myself, if we were to utilize a new CRM, I, it would take me a day or two to, you know, feel more comfortable with it. Just like this new process, that's gonna be the same thing. And so you want to make sure that you're actively keeping a pulse. Um, and so to shorten my answer, you know, you're going to want to communicate to training development, uh, and then you're going to have training development um, have strategic check-ins with the new employees uh, to see if there's any gaps in their understanding of those things. Um, and so, so, yeah. I like it. I like it. Now, here's the thing is um, probably a lot of our listeners, and I don't know, um, mm-hmm. but I do want to address that maybe your business or your community doesn't have a training and development partner uh, yeah. department. So what do we do? I, I'll answer my own question. And then I want your, what your feedback is, be yeah. is, and that's, this is you find someone that can carve out a little bit of time mm-hmm. that understands the direction of the company through this process that maybe understands the people, because here's the thing is this is not just about telling people what to do. There's gotta be buy-in. Right. And, yeah. um, and, and in this, we've got to be able to let them know that we're going to lead by example. We're going to train them. And it's going to be kind of maybe in three phases. One, we're going to lead by example, and we want people to follow what we're doing. Number two, uh, we're walking alongside them and we're kind of showing each other how this is all done. And then the third phase is in the phasing out of the situation is, you know, everyone's doing it and there's just a little bit of oversight from the person that has trained. So this this doesn't apply just to bigger companies that have some sort of department that can train and develop people. We can do this um, even in, an, in a business of two um, or a business of five. Um, so all that to say is it's really important about identifying where you want to go, mm-hmm. implementing those, changing those processes, figuring out what needs to be tweaked, and then tracking all of that, yeah. right? Because we don't want to lose people along the way. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So um, do you have any um, closing remarks for this particular episode of the podcast? No, I mean, I think, I think for the person who doesn't like processes or it just seems overwhelming, I think it's important to, stru- to set out structured time to do it, um, create a process to uh, figure out your processes. Um, and then that way you can give yourself the space to not have to worry about that when you're not in that time. Um, that way it doesn't loom, kind of just hang over you. Uh, and then if you are someone who enjoys it, um, enjoy it, uh, but don't get too caught up in it that 
you tweak things too much or you overwhelm your staff. Um, so I think it's best to know where you're coming from um, and just do it, do what works best for you. Um, and just, yeah, I'll leave it at that. No, that's good. That's good. Um, and I would say this too, um, processes are about habits. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, I, I know that even I'll be very transparent, even with this podcast, um, it was, you know, when do we record? How do we record it? Um, and creating a habit to record it, right? Yeah. And um, I, I think it's it's fair statement to say that you now are you and I are both now very intentional to make sure this thing happens, um, because I, just last week I got or two weeks ago I got feedback from uh, at least one person that heard our five part series, mm-hmm. and then shared that with their boss. Um, so the information that is being shared is is resonating with people. So it's just think about. We know that there's hard work with the process, mm-hmm. but we know that the the outcome of this is going to be really rewarding and beneficial to all that concerned. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Very cool. Well, I appreciate your hard work and putting this together, sir. Um, look forward to next week's podcast with you as well as to our listeners. Um, again, you've got Taylor on the on the podcast as well as Chris um, representing Epic Elite Professionals and Coaching, a podcast brought to you by With Purpose. Uh, We hope you have a great day. Um, Love to hear your comments. Keep them coming. And um, whatever you do, live with purpose. Thank you for listening to the Elite Professionals in Coaching podcast. If you want to stay in the forefront with business strategies and ideas, leadership conversations, tips and empowerment, be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast and then share with your friends and fellow business owners. For more information about With Purpose and their services, visit www.withpurposellc.com.